my why, um, my siblings, you know, a lot of things I do, like I always say I do them for them, heading on a path that they, they can follow. And I know, you know, there are expectations that come with that. Um, my sisters go to the high school I went to. A lot of people will be like, oh, you're Tally's sibling. But in the end of the day, like they are also their own individual. And, you know, I love them. I'm the oldest. I have to set the example. Um, and I want to set the example. And at the end of the day, like, I know that like, when they see me, like, they're like, oh, like, that's my big sister. And that's important for me. And, you know, it keeps me, it keeps me going. We are now joined by head student advisor for the 2021 summer, Tally and Ridgeway. Hello! Hello! Hey, Tally. Hey, Jordan. So we're going to go ahead and since we're on the sort of uh, topic with the summer program, I want you to sort of walk us through what have been your best moments or best moments so far as a head student advisor. Um, I think my best moment so far is getting to welcome the kids from Charlotte and Chicago. I think this is a great opportunity for the program and kids from different states. Um, and, you know, in years past, we've only had Delaware students. So it's a new opportunity for all of us. We are learning as things happen and just getting to see their excitement to one, be away from home for the first time. A lot of people, it was their first time on a plane. And two, getting to see the excitement they had about the academic rigor we offer here mm-hmm. and hearing them talk about coming back next year, going home and talking about it with their other friends. It's been very rewarding. And what have you sort of learned about yourself through this process? And more specifically, maybe your leadership style too. Mm. I think I've learned that I can't always do things myself. Um, I'm somebody who will know something needs to be done or be told something needs to be done and I will go ahead and do it myself, but that puts a lot of stress on myself and it also, um, limits the growth potential of other individuals in the program because I think everybody was chosen to be here for a reason and they all, we all have strong leadership skills, but we all have areas of growth we need. And for me personally, that is learning how to delegate or learning that, just because I think something should be done one way doesn't mean there isn't another option for how it could be done and it still be done, you know, efficiently, effectively. Um, so, yeah. How did you first learn about Delaware College Scholars and maybe what were your initial impressions, reactions of the program? Like, why did you decide to come to 350 Knoxentown Road as a 16-year-old rising junior from Polytech? So I was a sophomore in high school and I got a letter in the mail talking about this opportunity. Um, My dad was the first one to get it and he brought it to my attention and I was kind of like, like, I don't want to go away from home for three weeks. Um, I'm somebody who's very family oriented and I enjoy like being with my family. So thinking about three weeks away was very scary, but my dad encouraged me to do it just because he knows like what my potential is. Um, So I went ahead and applied. I got into the program and I was still like very hesitant about coming. But again, my family pushed me to do it. And then once I got to DCS, um, you know, it it was hard. Like everything I knew would be true was true. Like I miss my family. I cried. 
I wanted to go home. And I remember calling my parents and then being like, nope, you're staying. So truly, it was my parents pushing me to do this. And if it wasn't for the letter I got in the mail, I don't know if I would have um, joined the program. To sort of piggyback off of that, outside of your parents encouraging you to stay with the program, what other aspects of being in person uh, and, you know, away from home sort of motivated you to sort of persevere and, um, and stick it out? The reason I stayed is because I was somebody who was, you know, in the top 10% of my high school, but I was very, um, what's the right word for it? Like, I, I like plateaued, like there was no more growth that I could really have in my high school career. Like I knew I, I could get straight A's. I knew I could, you know, maybe not go to class and still do fine on the test um, with every class except Spanish. I needed to go to that class. Um, and DCS offered a different level of rigor that excited me. Like my first summer in humanities, like what would have been um, what my school considered an A on a paper or a great job on a paper um, needed growth. And I was willing and I knew with the teachers that I had, I was going to be able to achieve that growth. And, and that just excited me. Like, I want to go to college. I want to be a lawyer one day. Like, I have to perfect, you know, my writing. Like, I have to be willing to grow. Um, and DCS offered that opportunity to me. So this is transitioning a bit, but I wanted us to sort of walk through your path from Polytech to American University and specifically your decision to transfer um, and, you know, go to University of Delaware. Yeah, um, so Dr. Aline was my college advisor when I was in the program, and we had a whole list of schools, and Dink did a lot of my college advising too. We had a whole list of schools that were options for me, you know, broken down into the three. So we had them broken down, and one of the schools on the table was American, and I talked to Dr. Lean, and we knew my best option for getting in was applying early decision, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, if I get in, it's, I'm legally bound to go there. So I went to the school. I talked to one of the guys in the School of um, Public Affairs, and, you know, I had a great impression with him. Um, where I think personally I would have changed something is I didn't tour the school. Mm. I just went to that one building and talked to that one man. Um, and which great impression, great, great experience. Um, but I didn't have a, a wide view of what the school would be like. I applied early decision. I got in and I, um, saw my financial aid package and I knew immediately like, I cried because yeah, it wasn't going to yeah. it, it wasn't going to be feasible. Mm -hmm. um, so I went back and forth with the school for a little bit, ended up getting more money, but it was still you know quite expensive. Um, personally, I took out a ten thousand dollar private loan with a very high interest rate to be able to afford to go to that school, um, and that was one of the things that played a factor into my transferring. Mm -hmm. So I went through, you know, my first semester, got great grades. I had like a three nine, was doing great. Socially, I was not. Um, I lived in a triple my first year. It was very hard. I was from Delaware. My roommates were from Arkansas and California. Um, it, the dynamics just weren't working for me. Um, and I, I struggled with that. So then the pandemic hit. You know, I had just went back to school after spring break. Pandemic hit. I'm thinking, you know, I'll be home for like a week. Then they told us we had 10 days to come get all of our stuff. And I'm like, oh, crap. And transferring had been on my mind a little bit, but not too much because I'm like, academically, I love it here. I love being in the city. Like, I had a great job. I got to nanny. Like, I was in in it all. Like, 
if I wanted to be a lawyer, I knew I needed to be in D.C. You felt like you were challenged, too, at American? Academically? Academically, yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a high level of expectation, and, you know, I, I loved it. Like, I had professors that were always pushing me, created great connections. Um, but when the pandemic hit, I really took a look at, you know, why am I going to American, and am I truly happy here, and can I see myself here for another three years? And the answer was no. Um, academically, yes, but academics isn't the only part of college. And if I wasn't happy, then like I wasn't willing to risk my mental health to continue going to that university. Um, so I definitely reached out to a lot of people, people from DCS, people from high school mentors and said, Hey, like, this is what I'm thinking. Even people from American, because even though they work there, like they, we talk through the challenges of that I was having there. Um, and also financially, like that was a big aspect. I knew I didn't want to graduate with, you know, $50,000 of debt, but if I continued going to American, that was what was going to happen. So, um, I made the decision to transfer to the university of Delaware. Um, it's, it's cheaper for me, closer to home. And obviously, you know, we still have been in the pandemic and I think that, um, it was just the right decision for me at that time. Um, do I regret going to American? No, because I learned a lot. I met a lot of people. And, you know, some of those people will probably be lifelong friends. I still keep in touch with them. Even some of the faculty I still keep in touch with. Um, but for my uh, undergraduate experience, transferring was the right decision. Yeah, that requires a lot of self-awareness, right? Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think a lot of students would have necessarily made that decision um, in fear of sort of advocating for themselves. Talk about sort of how you felt. Um, how are you able to sort of to, to navigate the situation and know that, hey, this is not sort of the best move for me um, and that that didn't necessarily reflect sort of, oh, like you're a failure, like you're going back home, you know? like Yeah, how- I definitely had the fear that I was a failure mm-hmm. and it definitely stemmed from, you know, I had certain individuals in my life who said to me, you know, like, you have no place going to American, or I don't know why American accepted you. Um, But it took, like, it it takes a village. Like, I had to reach out to people and be like, this is what I'm thinking. Like, I need you to walk through this with me. And it if it wasn't for those people, I don't know if I would have made the decision on my own. And I would have just kept going because that was the easier option. Transferring is not easy. Mm -hmm. You have to get transcripts. You have to... Um, you know, give syllabus for classes to see what they'll transfer as. And I really had to rely on my village in order to help get me through that process. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. were some of those folks in your village that really played a part in that decision? Um, okay. So on the DCS side of things, obviously Dr. Aline, um, I, he was one of the first people I talked to and Jake, I, you know, I talked to you about why I was thinking about transferring. And then even at American, um, you have these like freshman seminar classes you have to take. It's called the AUX experience. And I, um, from American, I had two advisors, Sarah Jones and Wim Taylor. They were great in talking about it. You know, we talked about why I wasn't loving American and what my options were. Um, And then Dr. Amelia Hodges, I met her at Poly. She was a great mentor. Um, We interacted a lot because I actually had a chance to sit on the school board 
and you know she was our director of personnel at the time and now she's the superintendent I've reached out to her um, I value her opinion as an educator a lot and then just you know my friends my best friend Carrie she actually transferred from Elizabethtown to University of Delaware show she had a first-hand account of what it was like to transfer to UD um, so when it came to a lot of you know the student aspect of things and how to submit things um, I looked to her a lot shout out Carrie Yes, Carrie. You're a real one. Thank you. Shout out, Carrie. Shout out, Carrie. Uh, okay, so you're on track, right, mm-hmm. to graduate from the University of Delaware now in three years. I am. Which is impressive. They say the best questions are the shortest ones, Jordan. I don't know, you know, as podcasters. Why? Why is that a goal for you, and how are you attacking it each day? Awesome question. So initially, it was not a goal of mine. Um I transferred to UD looking at credit hours. I noticed I was a little bit ahead. Um, I took some AP classes in high school, test, took the test, got scores that didn't necessarily count for credit at American, but would count for credit at the University of Delaware. Um, I also had the opportunity to do dual enrollment with Dell Tech while I was in high school. So I had those um, credits that would transfer and just, you know, the way things transferred to UD. So I rem- I talked to my academic advisor who was initially, um, assigned to me and this was, it, it was a brief conversation like, Hey, you might be able to graduate a semester early. Like, okay, cool. It wasn't a goal of mine. And then going through fall semester, I think I took 17 credits. I realized that it could potentially be a goal of mine. It was never on my radar. You know, I, I thought four years, maybe five. Um, but then, you know, I started thinking about it. It would be nice to graduate a year early. Save myself some money. You know, I'm looking at going to law school. I'm studying for the LSAT right now. Um, and a great thing about transferring to UD is that they offer a winter term and then two summer terms of classes. Um, so her and I, them and I talked about um, what I would need to do in order to graduate in three years. And it really came down to taking a winter class here, taking two summer classes here. Um, and, you know, getting up on my course load, as we know, the last year classes have been online. It was a great opportunity for me to buckle down with academics. So I was taking, you know, 17 and 18 credit hours. Um, and then I took one class over the winter. This summer, I'm taking four. They're broken down into two sets of two, um, all asynchronous. So why not bust out as many classes as I can now prior to returning to, you know, campus life, having in-person classes. So it was really just a matter of taking an extra class, you know, over the summer, over the winter. And which for me, um, I, I enjoy, you know, having a busy schedule of work and school. And when I don't have one or the other, I kind of don't know what to do with myself. So it just became something that I just had to work into my life. And it was a sacrifice I was willing to make. You know, sometimes, you know, I might not be able to go to the beach on a Monday when I want to because I have a test. But graduating in three years or that one beach trip. The beach. No. What are you talking about? <laughs> no, I have a whole extra year now to go to the beach. Nah, you got prior- priorities, all right? I'm going to the beach every time. I'm messing with you. How do you balance being a full-time student and working? Um, Google Calendar. If it was not for Google Calendar, I probably would not know where I needed to be when I needed to be. I, I write down, you know, or I input. You don't write anything on Google Calendar. Um, what classes I have when. So, you know, Monday I have Afra 110. I have Poli Sci whatever, and I have Bihan. Mm-hmm. Um, so just putting those times in there and then also putting when my assignments are due. 
Um, you know, you might not always get a Canvas notification, but I, I know the beginning of the semester, go through your syllabus. I print all of mine out. I know a lot of students don't want to print them out because they're on your computer. Having a physical copy, you never have a reason not to know. Like, you, you have right, it physically. Right. Your computer, it might it might crash, mm -hmm. but you still know that assignment's due because you printed it out. Um, so I put all those dates in there so ahead of time I can allot my time and I can know, you know, this weekend I need to work on this. But I also have this event, so okay, let's break these yeah. times up so I have time to do both. Yeah, so I want to delve a little bit deeper into that because you have a great strategy, but strategy is not implementation, right? So you can have it all written out and mm -hmm. you can have the Google Calendar, um, but still not necessarily make the time to do the work. How do you still, like, you know, 40 hours a week at work? I will say shout out to my boss over the last year. Mm -hmm. um, shout out. Yeah, shout out Bonnie. Bonnie and Benson. Um she was, it, it was a great opportunity in that one, she offered me a job when I had just lost my job because of the pandemic and I moved home from DC and I didn't know what I was doing. Like, you know, there was a three month period where I was doing school online, didn't have a job. I ended up getting a um, legal assistant position at her firm, my stepmom, you know, she works there. So she let me do that. And then I worked over the summer and then I only took one class and then the conversation opened about what's the fall going to look like, you mm -hmm. know, what, what spring going to look like. Um, and while I was taking online classes, she allowed me to still work. Um, so that meant during the day I would take, you know, an hour break here or there to get on zoom to take my classes. So yeah, I mean, it's a mixture of myself holding myself accountable and the people at my table holding me accountable. And, you know, Jordan, you do a great job of this too. You know, we worked together for DCS and we did NCAN together. Um, whether it was a quick message like, hey, I know you said you had this going on. Did you get it done? Or like calling me, hey, don't forget. Um, so it's, it's all about, you know, holding yourself accountable and having individuals who you surround yourself with that mm. will hold you accountable mm -hmm. because they know your goals. They know what you want to achieve. And, you know, they're in your life for a reason. I wonder if Tally ever put it in her Google Calendar if uh, to schedule a podcast time for Jake and Jordan. <laughs> like this that. came down to you priorities, y'all. Like, you you know? like that. You <laughs> like that callback. Oh, I apologize, but we're here now, and that's what matters. We are. We are just enjoying ourselves. It only a, took seven months on a beautiful right, Monday geez. morning. Why law? Like what? Yeah, why law? Great question. Great question. Um, even better answer though. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, maybe. Um, growing up, I was always good at arguing. I still am. Um, <laughs> if you know me, you it know true. it's true. Um, and you know, my family from a young age put this bug in my ear about, you'd be a great lawyer. You would be a great lawyer. Um, and my stepmom growing up, she worked at a law firm. She is a paralegal at a real estate firm, but other things were going on in the law firm. And I was kind of always there. I always was in the office, you know, I would help with mail or help with whatever I could. Um, and so at an early age, like I was introduced to lawyers. Um, and then through high school, I went to a technical high school. Obviously, I took the criminal justice pathway, um, kind of thought about being a teacher for a hot second. But with what's is like that would not fill my cup every day. Mm. Um, being in the classroom takes a very special individual and very special skill set. And I don't have I don't have that. Yeah, shout out our teachers, though. Yes, shout out our teachers. You guys are great. Um, wouldn't be here without you. Um, 
And so in the criminal justice pathway, we talk a lot about, you know, the law enforcement routes. Our teacher was actually a cop and a lawyer, so we kind of got the best of both perspectives. And then I had the opportunity to be an explorer for the Delaware State Police. Again, in law, you know, I went to programs. I got to do ride-alongs. Um, I worked for the Division of Alcohol and Tobacco Enforcement. So I, great exposure to law. Um but I knew, same with like being a teacher, going the cop route was not for me. Um, shout out to all of our law enforcement. Like, I appreciate you and what you do, but it's, it's just not for me. Um, and also in high school, I did um, what's called youth and government. I was in the judicial side of things. So I had the opportunity to, you know, read over case law, write briefs of my own, have to do oral arguments. Got to do it in the state of Delaware, got to fly to Chicago, do it on the national level. Um, and I loved it. I loved every moment of it. Mm -hmm. I loved being a justice. I loved being up arguing. I loved having questions thrown at me and having to think on my feet. And that kind of what solidified for me that I wanted to be a lawyer. Um, now, I don't really know in terms of what type of law I want to practice. There are still a couple things up in the air. You know, I've worked in a real estate, I've worked in two real estate firms, and I know real estate's a little too day in and day out for me, you know, mm -hmm. great, love helping people buy and sell their houses, but it's very transactional. Um, and then I worked at a firm where we did criminal defense, um, domestic and civil litigation, all great areas of law, know all of them are necessary. Um, but it takes, again, a very special person to defend somebody who might be guilty. Mm -hmm. um, domestic law can be very sad. And civil, especially when it comes to things like, you know, insurance claims and things like that, very lengthy processes. That's a lot of pushing paper. Um, so I'm thinking something along the lines of mixing my passion for education and kids without being in the classroom and the law, um, whether that's in terms of working for the Department of Justice, potentially, you know, general counsel positions with universities. I'm, I'm thinking something along those lines, um, something to fill my cup and something that I will enjoy doing every day. And they say, you know, um, if you enjoy your job, is it really work? How many siblings do you have? I have three younger sisters and a younger brother. Being the eldest of four siblings, what pressure do you feel to be an example for those four siblings looking up to you? You know, I always joke and say I'm the oldest and have had the strictest rules for my parents and the highest expectations. Um, and yes, mom, dad, step parents, that is still true. I still do believe that. Um, but I know, like, um, none of my parents went to college. None of my step-parents went to college. And it's important for me to set the example for my siblings. And I know college is not necessarily the route for everybody. But just going going on a good pathway, like setting yourself up for success in the future. So I do hold myself to a high level of expectations. And by no means am I perfect. Have I made mistakes along the way? Absolutely. Will I continue making mistakes? Absolutely. Um, but I know like setting the example for them, they are more likely to get on a path to success. Um, and for example, you know, I was in the program, I graduated DCS in 2019. Um, and I now have one sister in the program who's in cohort seven, and I have another one who will potentially be in cohort nine next year. Do you ever think about like the example that you're, you're, you're setting and sort of the, the expectations, whether it's your your parents and step parents place on you, whether it's like pressure that you put on yourself. Do you not think about that? Do you think about that 
what maybe what do you do to alleviate or to 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 deal with that in a healthy way if at all um i definitely think about it at times but it's i i, I don't think i've always dealt with it in like a healthy way like um i i I don't know how to say no. I say yes to a lot of things. And, you know, as I've gotten older, I've had to learn how to say no to certain things, you know. Yes, it might be a great opportunity, but, like, if it's risking um, my mental health, my physical health, like, then I might need to say no. Um, and so for me, that always looked like I was in a lot of things at one time. Um, for a while, I played sports, went to school, you know, had a job. But something had to give at some point, and it really was just a matter of what I was willing to give. Um, but yeah, you know, it's not always been done oh, done in a healthy manner. Mm -hmm. um, so for a while, I was stressing myself out to meet these expectations because I felt like if I didn't meet them, I was going to be a failure. Like my, my family wasn't going to love me, and that was not necessarily true. Um, you know, success looks different in a lot of different ways. Um so it's just about finding a healthy balance of how to meet their expectations, keep myself healthy and happy, hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it does. It does. Yeah. As someone who can, who is highly ambitious, right, and places a lot of expectations on themselves, um, I can see how that internal sort of dilemma mm -hmm. of wanting to achieve as much as you can, but also sort of balance mm -hmm. your mental sort of sanity and it's tough, but I want to go to, so back in 2019, you received the Paul Harold Jr. Award, right? And um, I don't know you're aware Paul Harold uh, passed away recently, but the mm -hmm. award represents sort of the model DCS scholar. Um, and as someone who works hard, who's ambitious, who excels at a lot, right? Um, what was the impact of receiving that award? Um. I was very surprised, I'm going to be honest. When we were lining up for graduation, I couldn't figure out why I was the only one out of alphabetical order, and I was oblivious to the fact. Um, I mean, because obviously 2019 was the first year this award was given, so, you know, it wasn't even on my radar. And then when he got up and said a few words, and then my name was announced, I, I was shocked, and I was honored at the same time, because DCS is something that I value so greatly in my life, and being in the program and getting to you know represent a pro the represent the program in that way you know meant a lot mm. um and you know when i heard about his passing you know i was i was very i was very sad um because obviously he did a lot of great things for the program so now to get to carry on you know award an award named after him it, it means a lot why were you surprised um because, you know, I, I, I undervalue myself a lot. Um, so I'm like, you know, I don't deserve this award. Like, there's somebody better who deserves it. I could have done this better. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I was surprised, you know. A lot of times I don't, I don't sell myself um, in a way that I should. So, you know, it's the dilemma of thinking I don't deserve it. What do you think people saw in you that you didn't see in yourself? I think the maybe the leadership aspect and, you know, what I contributed to being at DCS. Like, my road at DCS was not always easy. Um, and to be quite frank, like, there was a time I, Dr. Aline thought about asking me to leave the program. Um, I like to stay up late at night and, you know, keep <laughs> other kids up. Um, and so I didn't necessarily think, like, 
I embodied everything as a scholar. Um, I knew like I worked hard academically, you know, I could get the work done. Um, but it's about the whole experience, you know, there's a residential aspect to it. Um, so thinking, you know, I wasn't best in both aspects of it. And, you know, being a leader um, is why I like questioned it. Mm. I would imagine that there's probably some stuff that you might want to get off your chest or feel that is important um, advice, wisdom to give to young people who are either going through the college process? Um, I think word, words of advice, um, don't be afraid of failure. Um, you know, I thought I was gonna, I thought I was going to be a failure because of transferring. I thought I was going to be a failure if I didn't say yes to everything. Um, but that's not the case. Um, also, uh, what else words of advice? Um, oh, if, if you have a kid coming to DCS or you're a scholar coming to DCS yourself, it's going to be hard and it's meant to be hard. Um, but you have a great, no matter the year, we've had a great um, staff and group of student advisors who are here to support you. I mean, what, like, what, what, can you give an example of a failure that you've had and sort of what you've learned from that failure? Because oftentimes for me, that rings hollow of like, hey, you know, every failure is like a learning experience. Mm -hmm. And I'm kind of like, actually, there's like so a lot of failures can just feel like really crappy. Mm -hmm. um, so maybe share an experience that you feel comfortable with of a failure that, you know, whether it can be in school, out of school, but that you were able to take something from. Okay, um, I wouldn't, I mean, I think if you think, ask some other people, they wouldn't consider this a failure, but my senior year at Polytech, you do a senior project. Um, there's, you know, when I did it, there was two versions to it, the Polytech Senior Project, also known as PSP, and the Masters of Technology Diploma, MTD. Um, again, my ambition came in, so I'm like, I'm going to do the MTD. It's a longer paper, longer presentation. Um... I had had some conflict with my with my shop teacher, you know, we weren't always seeing eye to eye. I was out of her classroom working um, in a co-op job instead of being in class, um, which is one of the great things about going to a technical high school. Um, and when it came to the grade of my, my project, I did great on the paper. I got 100. Did great on my presentation. Got like, you know, like a 98 or something like that. And then you have to have a product. So my pro I talked about... Um, the effectiveness of school resource officers in public schools. And my product um, was kind of a proposal to a school district that didn't have school resource officers. So it would have been like a charter or, or private school in the state of Delaware. Mm -hmm. um, and I got a really bad grade on it. And like, I legit like had like a mental breakdown over this. Um, because that's not the grade I thought I deserved. So to me, that was a failure. Like it, it was pretty bad. It was like a C or D like and I had never one expected that two received a grade like that. And I'm a senior in high school. So I had to um, pull myself together and go have a conversation with her about why I received this grade. Because my first instinct was obviously to like go off on her. Like she doesn't know what she's talking about. She just has a thing out against me when in reality, like she might have had a reason for that grade. Um, so, yeah, that's probably one of the things that still haunts me. Not haunts me, but like it's still a failure in my book. And I think it, but it does. That's a good example of showing how when you don't necessarily get your way or feel like you deserve like 
a raise or a promotion or something still sort of like handling that okay. situation effectively and that that uh that definitely you know you'll have those instances throughout life so yeah that's good and not being afraid to advocate for yourself mm-hmm. like that's consistent with how you sort of navigated the transition mm-hmm. process um you could have stayed at american and accumulated the debt mm-hmm. right um but it takes boldness it takes confidence to do that and i think you know um whether or not you know you still consider that a failure in high school i think that moment may have prepped you in some ways to advocate for your or self-advocate for yourself in other situations down the line and i think that's another one of my pieces of 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 advice nobody knows you better than you know yourself Hmm. um so when it comes to you know life in general you are going to be your best advocate whether it is at work whether it's at school whether it's in your personal life like you have to advocate for yourself yeah yeah it's true you want to transition to the fun segment? To the fun segment. Sure. This the, is Jordan's favorite segment. It is my favorite segment. Uh, the Mad Minute. Okay. So rapid fire. I never stick to a minute. That's okay. But we're going to try to get through this. Well, you're not going to stick to a minute. Go my, ahead. So favorite DCS memory? Ooh. Um, no, the picnic with my junior year. No, senior year. Something like that. Junior Favorite pastime activity? Watching TV when I have time. What What's TV show? Yep. Uh, Grey's Anatomy, Long Oh, jeez. I knew that. Hashtag McDreamy. I shouldn't even give you an opportunity to even say that. But I also stuff. enjoy like watching sports. So like I'll go to a baseball game. I like watching my little brother play. You know. What's you your look? favorite song? Ooh, um, ooh, the, you know I don't have an answer to this. Uh, pretty much anything by Luke Combs. Okay. What's your favorite Luke Combs song? <sighs> we were jamming to this the other day. We were. Uh, Feeling all sad and stuff. Yes. Oh my goodness. I can never think of song names. Um. Anyways, any Luke Combs song. Can Luke Combs sponsor the podcast? I would love if he did. Or if he or wanted can to we get free tickets? A concert. Yeah, that, that would like, be. I wanted to come to one in October. And, you would, know, the pandemic. That would. That would I love that you guys are bonding right now over this. This is great. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe, you if, can you, bond with maybe us. if you liked country music and expanded your horizon. So, once again, any time you have given me a country song, what has happened? Well, you've listened to it. I've listened to it and I've played it outside of us. Five more minutes. Any other songs you've given me, like, Good I song. like. Good song choice. Right, right. Yeah. there we go. Yeah, so, like. Five more even, minutes by who? Scott something. Scotty McCree. That's my guy. That's my guy. Come on, man. Three values you aim to live by. Um, three values of mine. Punctuality, perseverance, and happiness. What's your favorite food, meal, meal, your last meal? I want to know your last meal on earth. This is oddly specific. Um, there's a restaurant called Cool Springs in Dover. Shout out Cool Springs. Sponsor. Sponsor, you know. Um, they have this blackened chicken, Alfredo. It's great. Love it. 10 out of 10. Um, Why am I just not hearing about this It's place? right next to Restaurant 55, which they're owned by, you know, parent and child. Great. Um, they're only open certain days of the week. They're closed on Mondays. They are. I'm and they have was... very limited hours and very limited seating. But great food. Have never had a bad meal or bad experience there. Yeah. Oh, okay. So ring the bell segment. Same two questions we give to every guest speaker mm-hmm. on the pod. What advice would you give your 16-year-old self? Actually, I would tell my 16-year-old self to give myself grace. 
Um, this comes back to the, like, never saying no and, like, always trying to do a million and one things. You can't always do a million and one things. And sometimes, you know, things are going to slip through the cracks. Like, obviously, I have to take responsibility for that. But giving yourself grace and not tearing yourself down when those things happen. What's your why? My why? Um, my siblings. Um, you know, a lot of things I do, like I always say I do them for them. Um, you know, heading on a path that they they can follow. And I know, you know, there are expectations that come with that. Um, my sisters go to the high school I went to. A lot of people will be like, oh, you're Tally sibling. But in the end of the day, like, they are also their own individual, um, and, you know, I love them, I'm the oldest, I have to set the example, um, and I want to set the example, and at the end of the day, like, I know that, like, when they see me, like, they're like, oh, like, that's my big sister, um, and that's important for me, and, you know, it keeps, it keeps me going. That's really cool. That's really cool. Well, look, that's the last sort of prepared question that we had, but it's honored to have you on the podcast. Great conversation. Honor. You, you, you were the, you were the, you were the white whale, yep. uh, as they say, because we could not, we could not get you to come in and actually sit down. So we hired you for three weeks of summer and you have no choice because you can't leave the Delaware State campus. Very that's, true. So that's how we got Tally yep. and Ridgeway the first as a guest the first. on the, the first. Delaware College Scholars 